fellowship with Jesus Christ. That's when we should get in the Word. That's when we should get into the fellowship. That's when we should be doing and be obedient and continuing to investigate of what God is going to do in our lives. Everybody say amen. Very good. All right, here we are, Luke chapter 7, and this morning we want to talk about doubt, and I think a lot of us tend to doubt things, and we'll talk about what those things might be, but do we got any doubters in the room this morning, any doubters and some different things? Yeah, we all have doubt to doubt. You know, I come across a, a true story, and is a story of a trial attorney, and he was representing a guy who was on trial for murder, and, uh, and they had a lot of evidence towards this guy but they didn't have a body. And so the trial went on, and at the very end, this, um, this, this attorney of the man who was being on trial for murder, he thought he would do a, try a little trick. And so in, in, in his closing statements, he was talking to the jurors, and he says, I got a surprise for all of you this morning. And he said, in just a few minutes, the guy who you think is presumed dead will walk through those doors, and he kind of just pointed towards those, those back doors in the courtroom, and he says the, the man that's presumed dead is going to walk through those doors back there. And so about that time, um, this lawyer, he kind of looked towards the doors, and all the jurors looked towards the door as well. And a whole minute went by, and he said, listen, everybody, he told the jurors, he says, I'm sorry to deceive you, but he says, but on the basis of what you just did, you must find this man not guilty because, you, because there is reasonable doubt. He said, every one of you turned and looked at that door. Thus, there's reasonable doubt that in your heart, and so you must find this man innocent. Well, the jurors went and they deliberated. They come back in 30 minutes and they found the man guilty. And the, the attorney stood up and he says, he, and he was upset and he said, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Every single one of you turned and you looked at that door. How could you find this man guilty? There was reasonable doubt. And the foreman of the jury, jury stood up and he said, yes, we all turned and looked, but your client didn't. You know, this morning, I just want us to talk about doubt for a minute, and, and I'm sure that most of us here this morning have struggled with doubts, and maybe you have uh, contemplated your faith and what it means to follow our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the chances are that every once in a while, you're going to come down with some questions. Can I have an amen? Some questions. Anybody like that here besides me? You're going to have some questions, some issues, some uncertainties, and I understand there's some doubts. And you know what I was thinking about this week as I was studying for this is that we don't like talking about this. We don't like talking about doubts, but the truth is, is that all of us have doubts sometimes. We have doubts of, of why am I going through what I'm going through? Does, does Jesus even care about me? Is, you know, and we, sometimes we have doubts about our salvation. Sometimes we have doubts about all sorts of different things. But the thing is, we don't like talking about them. We want to just hide them. We want to push them down because you know why? Because we think that we're being something that we're not supposed to be if we have doubts. But listen to me, all of us are going to have doubts from time to time, even in our spiritual life. And we're going to talk this morning about why those doubts sometimes come. But here's, but here's the thing, everybody listen. Because we have doubts, it doesn't make us inferior or weak people. It just makes us human beings. Can I have an amen? 
And, and here's the thing, is that what we do with that doubt determines on, 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 on whether we let that doubt win or whether we let something else come in our lives to take us beyond those doubts and do something about it. Can I have an amen there? So, yes, doubt is doubt, and we understand that. Uh, my wife was on the phone again with the high school on again. She's always on the phone with her friends. But anyways, just kidding, Tommy. But she was talking to one of her old high school friends, and... Um, I didn't know her that well, but, you know, we went to high school together. We're not really high school sweethearts. We didn't get to be sweethearts until after um, I graduated. But anyways, but it was one of her friends, and her friend is, is um, she, goes, she goes to church. She's very involved in her church. I mean, she's, 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 I mean, she's a pretty awesome Christian lady, but she was tell, talking to Tom this week, and she says, you know, I, I just struggle and I doubt she was doubting her salvation, whether she was saved or not. So you see, doubts come. Has anybody in here struggled with the, and doubted their salvation before? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and so let's talk about this morning. Now, the struggle with doubt can either be, again, a virus that drives us away from God or, listen, or and it should be the motivation that draws us closer to God. And the problem is, is again, that some Christians leave their doubt untreated because they don't want to admit that they have it or feel weak because they have some kind of a doubt. Now, we a lot of times erroneously think that to be a real Christian, we must have absolute certainty about everything regarding our faith. And so we're afraid to admit it when doubt starts to eat away at us. Now, Understand this, Satan loves to take that and take it as far as he can take it. When doubts are, when, when, what, let me just ask you this morning, what doubts are you struggling with this morning? What doubts are you struggling with? Maybe you doubt that God has really forgiven you. Maybe this morning you say, you know, I, I, I've read the Bible and, and I get it and I've heard people say it, I've heard, I've heard the preacher say it, but, but maybe you doubt that God has really forgiven you. Maybe that's your doubt this morning. Or maybe, um, maybe you wonder whether the Bible is really the Word of God. You know, you, you pick up the Bible and you read it and you wonder, you know, wow, did, did, did God really inspire these, these people to write the Word of God and then, and then for it to be preserved for us today? Is this really the Word of God? Maybe, maybe your doubt is something different. Uh, maybe you question why God lets people suffer. Why does a righteous and holy, omniscient, sovereign God allow people to suffer. Maybe you're wondering this morning, you doubt your faith and you doubt it because maybe you, maybe you, you, you just look at this world and you say, man, this, this world is, is, is going to hell in a handbasket. Maybe you're just thinking there's so much evil out here and it causes doubt. Or maybe you've been praying for help with a struggle in your life, but so far there has been silence and you're wondering whether anybody... is at home in heaven, even if heaven's a real place, or even if God cares. Maybe you have questions about how God created the world or even how he'll end it. Or maybe you've said to yourself, maybe you've, maybe you've said to yourself, I think I've become a Christian, but sometimes I'm not sure. Maybe I wasn't sincere enough when I was baptized. Maybe you're here this morning and you doubt whether or not you can really be used. Now, Look with me at uh, Luke chapter 7, verse 18 to 28. And I want us to see a story in the Bible of, of a man who doubted. And um, I want you to look at this. Luke chapter 7, verse 18. Now, 
In chapter 7, Jesus healed um, the centurion's servant. And, and you could read that at home this afternoon, but it was, it, was, it was a great miracle. And then we start in verse 18. And let me give you a little bit of background first. Now, this is on John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner of Jesus Christ, meaning he was born before Jesus. He was actually, his mother was the cousin of Mary. Of course, Mary being Jesus's mother, right? And so John the Baptist was the forerunner. His whole life was meant to be one that went before Jesus, before the Messiah, to tell the whole world that the Messiah is on the way, the Messiah is coming. That was John the Baptist's job. And let me tell you what, he did a fantastic job. You just read the gospel accounts, and John the Baptist was a very faithful, obedient man of God. But here we find in, in, in Luke chapter 7 that, that, that John the Baptist was in prison. He was in jail. He was in a dungeon. And he was put there not because he was the forerunner of Jesus per se, but because Herod, Herod, listen to this, Herod, Herod wanted his brother's wife. And so Herod lured this woman to him. Herod divorced his wife now, and, and, and he lured his brother's wife to him, thus causing them to divorce. And John the Baptist didn't like it. That was wrong, and he was vocal about it. Is that, is it was, was he righteous to do that? Well, she wanted his head on a platter. He was arrested. Now, let's pick up the story. He's in the dungeon. He's been there for months, if not close to a year. And I don't know if, if you can just imagine what a dungeon looked like 2,000 years ago. Again, you know, I, I always, you know, not bragging or whatever, but, you know, I've been to Israel, and, and Tommy and I visited, visited the place where prisoners were kept. We even visited the place where they think that, that, that Jesus was kept overnight. But these were just holes that were dug in the ground, okay? These, these, these weren't some nice prisons like we have today, but these were actually holes that were dug deep into the ground, and they would lower the people down. You know, even if you go over to Saudi Arabia and some of those other places today, they, they still have these type of dungeons. But in this time, it, it would have been dark, it would have been wet, it would have been just a stinky, nasty place. You get it? So here's John, and he's been here for months. He's been the faithful person of Jesus Christ to be in the forerunner. He does, he's been doing the right thing, the right thing, the right thing, the right thing. And now look at verse 18, and it says the disciples of John, he had some disciples, those that followed him and, and helped him and being the forerunner of Christ, reported to him about these things. In other words, they reported to him about what happened in chapter 7. You see the first part of chapter 7. Now look at verse 19. And so, so summoning two of his disciples, and that's what uh, John did, John sent them to the Lord saying, are you the expected one or do we look for someone else? John the Baptist grew up with Jesus. They were cousins. He had the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He... he if anybody would have known who Jesus was, don't you think John the Baptist would have known? But remember, he's spending months, if not almost a year, in this dungeon, and even John the Baptist began to have some doubt. He was faithful. 
How could a faithful person have doubt? Well, guys, that's usually who it happens to is those who are faithful. But hold on here because this, we're going to see some other things here. But look at it. He, so, so he summons them and he said, he said, go and ask Jesus if, he's, if he is the Messiah or should we just stop and look for somebody else because he's saying, you know, if my Messiah was ruling alive, he, he, would, he, would, he would get me out of this mess. Can I have an amen? Anybody feel like that before? You ever done that before? You know, you get into a mess and you, and, and, and you say, well, if Jesus Christ was really real, then I wouldn't be going through what I'm going through today. Not so. We're going to tell you why here in just a minute. But look at verse 20. When the man came to him, when the men came to him, when the disciples came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you to ask, and here we go, are you the expected one or do we look for someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many people of disease and afflictions and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. Isn't that pretty cool? I mean, he healed the right. When he asked him that, he went out and he went and healed people. You were blind, he healed you. You were lame, he healed you. You had demon spirits, you were crazy, whatever it was, he healed you. And those disciples were right there to see what, we, what he was doing. So, is he the expected one, everybody? Yes. So he shows that to the disciples of John's. And then he goes into verse 22, look at it. And he answered and said to them, and this is Jesus speaking, go and report this to John, what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Look at verse 23. He says, blessed is he who does not take offense. Meaning, he's saying that he is the Messiah. And he's saying here that, that uh, blessed are those who do not turn away. So the message to John was, keep doing what you're doing. I'm the one. Don't turn away because blessed is the one who does not turn away from him. Look at verse 24. When the messengers of John had left, he began to speak to the crowds about John. So Jesus says this about John. He says, and he says to the people around, look at it. And these were people who knew John. He says, what did you go out into the wilderness to see? So that's a question. He says, what did you go out to see? And he said, a reed shaken by the world. In other words, did you go out to see somebody who was weak and who was shaken by every wind or influenced by every person that he came into contact with? Look at verse 25. But what did you go and see? Again, a question. A man dressed in soft clothing. Remember, John was a he was an outdoorsman. He he wore skins and, and he was kind of a you know a kind of a rough guy. He was a zealot, if you will. And it says and he says, Those who are splendidly clothed and live in luxury are found in royal places. And look at verse twenty six. But what did you go to see? Again, that question. And then he said, A prophet? With a question mark. And he says, yes. And he says, I say to you, and one who is more than a prophet. He's talking about John the Baptist. Look at verse 27. He says of him, this is the one about whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger ahead of you who will, who will prepare your way before you. I say to you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John. We love you, Lord, this morning. And, Lord, we pray that you'll just find us, Lord, and, and if we're in our weakness, that, Lord, that we'll 
look to you for all supplication and encouragement. And Lord, I pray for the word being spoken and preached. And as we come here this morning to, to, to look to grow our faith in Jesus Christ, Lord, we just, we just ask you to do an amazing work in our hearts and our lives. And Lord, I pray that there may be one here that's, that's never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. And Lord, I pray this morning that you'll, that you'll just reach with your spirit and, then, and touch them and convict them of their sins and that they'll come into repentance and to relationship with you. And Lord, I, I'm sure there are people here this morning that, that have doubted, that are doubting, that, that, that will doubt. And Lord, I pray this morning that we'll just find your formula here for us, Lord, is that when we are faithful people, God, that you'll show us what we're to do so that we can grow in our relationship with you and that, and that so that this doubt and so that these fears would go far away from us. We love you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's look this morning at, at, at three, how, how, how doubt comes to us in three different ways, okay? But here we see, again, um, John the Baptist, and he's doubted. He's saying here, and he's sitting in prison, and he's saying, did he really call me? Is Jesus really the promised Messiah? He's saying, have I put my faith in the wrong person? He's saying, have I really done the right things? And in the midst of John's doubts, we read that Jesus encourages his faith. He sends John's disciples back to him with a message of encouragement and admonition to be faithful and to where he's at. And then he announces here, we, saw, we just read it to the crowd, that all human beings born till that point in time, John was the greatest who ever lived. Why? Because of his faith. But look, look at the text here. John doubted, and the reason he doubted was because some things weren't clear to him. Okay? Some things weren't clear to him. Some things didn't, wasn't complete. And as I think about that, let's look at three important things um, that leads to our doubts. Number one, look at this first of all. Sometimes doubt comes. Number one reason is, is because of personal tragedy. Listen to me, folks. Sometimes doubt will come to us because of some personal tragedy. Did y'all, y'all ever experience that? You know, something happens and then we just doubt. You know, here John, he's in a dark, wet, stinking dungeon, and he's been there again for months and probably for a year. And humanly speaking now, this is his reward for a life of faithfulness. You ever feel like that? You live your life and you do what you're supposed to do, and things just get horrible, and then you just sometimes doubt, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Why am I here where I'm at? And look at this text. He is close to death. I mean, you know, they want his head on a platter. He's, he's fixing to die. <laughs> and he's wondering, wow, maybe I, would, maybe I didn't do all I was supposed to do. Or maybe what I believed in wasn't what supposed to, I was supposed to be believing in. And, and, and what is he, he's saying to himself, what am I getting for being the forerunner of the Messiah, the most exalted prophet of all prophets? And as a result of his faithfulness and his courage and his boldness, again, he's sitting in a dungeon And his personal tragedy didn't seem to be consistent, listen close, with his faithfulness. Could the Messiah, couldn't the Messiah do something for me? You ever get there before church? You sit there in a bad place and and a circumstance or tragedy has hit and you're thinking, why isn't God coming right now to help me? Can Can I have an amen there? You know... 
You know, Tommy's cousin, they lost their baby, two-month-old baby last week. Same, little, same age as our little Kimber. You think that family said, where was Jesus at when this happened? Huh? You know, tragedy a lot of times causes us to doubt. And, and, and it doesn't make us imperfect people because we even see the greatest prophet born of a woman, John the Baptist, had doubt. Amen? So what do we do with that doubt when it comes? Look, doubt comes a lot of times from our inability to deal with the negative circumstance when we perceive ourselves as being faithful people. Because I want to draw you back a little bit here. Because, because a lot of times when we, sometimes if we find ourselves in a dark place and if we're not a faith, everybody listen close. And if we're not faithful, if we know we're not doing what we should be doing, then we sometimes know that, that, that we're kind of getting what we should get. Can I have an amen? You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, if we're not faithful, if we're not doing what we should be doing, if we're not being obedient to the Word of God, if we're not doing what we should be doing, if we're, if we're out there being shallow in our Christianity and we find ourselves in a place, you know, of despair, of hurting and doubting, well, we can kind of look at how we're living and say, okay, we're not living the way we're supposed to, so I get it, right? Y'all get that real quick? You know, think, think about, think about the, uh, when Jesus was hanging on the cross and remember the one thief, and he looked at Jesus, and he said, uh, remember me when you go to paradise. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, I, he says, when, when I go, you're going to be there in paradise. In other words, you're going to be saved. And then the Bible says the third, the, 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 the third guy, the other thief, he began to mock Jesus. And, and, um, and then the other thief, he says, hey, he, he told him, he says, hey, we're getting what we deserve, but Jesus is not. So, so my point is this, is that a lot of times in life, when we're not faithful, we know what the issue is. But when we are faithful, that's what we're talking about this morning. When we are faithful and things happen, when, 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 a, when a tra- something of tragedy happens, when an event happens and it causes us to doubt, it's sometimes it's, 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 it, we wonder be, when, we're, when we're being faithful, why does this happen? Here, it, Here is. it is. Is that, is that we can let that doubt drive us away from God, but that's not even what he wants us to do. He wants us, no matter what event we're going to, no matter what's going on, no matter what tragedy has happened, those events should draw us into a closer rela- relationship with Jesus Christ. That that's when we should get in the word. That's when we should get into the fellowship. That's when we should be doing and be obedient and continuing to investigate of what God is wanting to do in our lives. Everybody say amen. So look, when doubt comes, don't let that doubt drive you further from God. Instead, listen, let it drive you closer to him. Be in prayer. Get into the word of God. And that's what he wants us, that's what he wants it to do in our lives. Let that draw us closer to him and not farther from him. Look, John was struggling with that, but he did the right thing. What did he do? He went directly to the Lord. He had begun to stumble, and he's saying to the Lord, Help me. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. That's what we need to do. So look, if you get into a place of doubt, don't let it lead to unbelief. Get to the Lord because listen to me, He can help us. Amen, everybody? 
All right, number two, the second thing that causes doubt, not only personal tragedy, but look at this, popular influence, popular influence. And look, John in part was a victim, and let me explain that, of the current misconceptions about the Messiah. Of the Messiah. You know, the Jewish people, and John the, Bap- John the Baptist was a, was a Jew, the Jewish community had created an image of the Messiah, what he would be, what he would do. And so John had been, just as the disciples were, influenced by that. In fact, it's true that one of the reasons why, again, Luke chapter 7, why the centurion had such great faith is because his understanding of Jesus Christ was not of that Jewish understanding. He was not in that society. He was not in that culture. So he wasn't victimized by this popular image of what the Messiah should be because the Jews had this image of what the Messiah should be. In other words, that he was going to be a king that comes and that with the sword he was going to take out the Romans and he was going to take the throne and he was going to be not just, not just a heavenly savior, but he was going to be an earthly savior at that time. You know, the Bible says when we're talking about the Jews and what they had envisioned, you know, Thomas was a doubter, Phyllis was a doubter, they all doubted. They, and remember when Jesus was crucified, they all scattered and fled. And we know that they was walking down the street after Jesus Christ was, was uh, crucified and they were mumbling and muttering that all is lost and all is lost and all is lost. You see, their expectation for what the Messiah would do was just not the right one. And here it is. If you, listen... If you believe the lies that are being told today about the health and the wealth and prosperity and success gospel, listen to me, church, you're in trouble. And here's what I'm saying is, is a lot of times our doubt comes from untruths. Our doubts a lot of times comes from being influenced by untruths from what other people may believe, may believe about Jesus Christ. And there are people who preach that literal sentence that, hears to the, that causes doubt to people and crippling and dishonors God. But, but here's what we, under, we want to understand is that there is no promise that you're going to be healthy in the Bible. We get that? In other words, what I'm saying is people are going to say to you, that if you're a Christian, you're going to be healthy, you're going to be successful, you're going to be rich. None of that's in the Bible. Listen, there is no promise that you're going to be healthy. There is no promise that you're going to get well, that you're going to be healed. There's no promise that you're going to be rich. There's no promise that your career is going to be successful. There is no promise that you're never going to have marital trouble. There is no promise that you will not have any troubles. There is no such promise in the gospel until you get transformed translated into the kingdom of heaven. Amen? Jesus tells his disciples about his death, and Peter says, remember what he says? He says, no, no, no. He says, you can't die. I mean, he's been the Jesus the whole time. But what happens is, is sometimes we, we get influenced by false doctrine, er, er, erroneous stuff, and so we put those expectations on Jesus in our Christian relationship, and then when those things aren't fulfilled, what happens? We start to doubt. Hey, listen to me, guys. This is what we're saying this morning is that, is that if you start to doubt, sometimes it can be because of wrong influence. So again, the whole thing is, is you can let doubt draw you farther away from God or you can li- allow date, date, doubt to take you closer to God. And so here's the key is get into the Word of God. See what he, what he says, not what man says. Don't let people influence you. Let the Lord Jesus Christ influence you. Amen? And then number three, look at number three real quick this morning. 
Another way that we're, that we're influenced and when we doubt is this, is because of incomplete revelation. Now, this is really the crux of the matter. And, and point three ties into point number two. John's doubts came because he didn't have the full information. Hey, listen up here. Looking at John real quick. John's doubt be- came because he didn't have all the information. You know, John didn't have the information that, that, uh, that, 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 that we have today. You know, the gospel accounts weren't written. The New Testament wasn't written. He didn't quite yet know the full story of Jesus Christ. Listen up. He didn't have those things. He, 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 he didn't know that the church age was going to go on for 2,000 more years. He, he didn't know that Jesus Christ, that there was going to be a rapture and then that there was going to be uh, uh, seven years of tribulation and that Jesus was going to come back and, and then the millennial period. And then the, he, he didn't have any of that information. All John knew is what he knew. But guess what? We're different, right, everybody? We've got the New Testament. We've got the gospel accounts. We know. And so a lot of times... We doubt because we don't have full knowledge or full revelation. And so again, is that when we doubt, and here it is, when doubt comes into our mind, whether we doubt about our salvation, whether we doubt of what we're supposed to be doing, whether we have doubts on this and doubts on this and doubts on that and doubts, whatever the doubts are, listen to me. God has given us all the revelation we need to get rid of any doubt that we have. We've got to get into the Word of God and make it a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. We have to get into the Word of God and get into these Bible studies and learn more about Him because, because if we don't, then those doubts aren't going to go away and those doubts are going to draw us further away from God. Listen, if, people say it all the time. They doubt if they're saved. Well, if you doubt that you're saved, then don't, don't keep doubting and don't do anything about it because you're just going to get further away from God. Instead of doubting those things, get into God's Word. Find somebody to help you in God's Word and to find out what God's Word says about salvation. Amen? If you're doubting on what you're supposed to be doing or if you're doing the wrong thing or the right thing, get into God's Word because God's Word is going to show you what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing, and you can have a peace of God that passeth all understanding. Amen? So the bottom line is is that we need to be in God's Word. So doubt, we're all going to have it, and it's the point is, is whether we let that take us further from God or we can take that doubt and get into God's Word and become closer to Him. Now, three things... Number one, but first, I'm going to read this verse to you. It says, Blessed is the man who delights in the law of God day and night, who meditates on it day and night. Isn't that good? But here it is, the three things about doubt. We need to be skeptical about the source of our doubts. Number two is your doubts should be confronted and never ignored. And number three is learn to look objectively at the added evidence and always <laughs> take it by the word of, uh, compare it to the word of God and not your own experience. Amen. Hey, we're all going to have doubts, but don't let doubts drive a wedge between you and Jesus Christ. Go to God's word. Go to prayer. Draw closer to Him, and those doubts will go away. You know, I remember early on in my life, I had doubts about things. But I don't have those doubts today because I got into God's word and God gave me a peace that passeth 
all understanding. All of us can get past those doubts. Whatever doubts you're going through, the answer is in God's word. It's in a relationship with him. Amen? Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we love you this morning, and we thank you for your word. And um, Lord, just a very practical teaching moment this morning that it's not a matter if we're going to doubt and it doesn't mean that something's necessarily wrong with us because usually doubt comes to those that are faithful and we see that through your word this morning but that doubt lord should be a motivator for us to get closer to you and not to continue in any ignorance that we're in but instead to draw closer to you and to your revelation your word and so we can have a further and clearer understanding of what you'd have for us. So, Lord, as we talk to people um, throughout the weeks, and, Lord, as we're out in our workplaces and people are struggling with doubt, that, Lord, that we can help direct those to your word and to overcome the doubt that they're feeling. Father, we give you praise this morning. God, we pray, if there again, if there's one that doesn't know Jesus Christ, that you'll call them this morning. And Lord, I pray if there's any struggling in any circumstance with their salvation, whatever doubt they have in their minds and hearts, God, that they'll start this morning and take care of that by coming to the altar and maybe seeking out one of us to pray with. Lord, we just pray that you'll have full reign this morning.